ladies and gentlemen, socialists, vegans, welcome to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Yes, it's my first podcast of 2016 from Scotland's home of free speech, Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. An exciting start to 2016. Fraser was telling me that there's a new sponsor perhaps um, being lined up um, over in Australia. So that's all very exciting indeed. Again, we need to get uh, donations and uh, sponsorship to keep us all in calming green tea for the stresses of the world around us. We need that calming green tea. I've had a green tea and indeed a mint tea, so I may have to run off to the loo any moment. I've had so much green tea, but I'm calm, I'm relaxed, despite the madness of the world around us. So where am I now? Well, I am in Scandinavia. I am in Sweden. More specifically, I'm in Stockholm, where it is frickin' freezing. It's minus seven degrees Celsius in snow out there. So, uh, so much for global warming. It's still snowy out there. I can send pictures if you like, Google it, whatever. It still gets cold. Trust me, we don't need to worry about all of that. Lovely place over in Sweden. It's the one place it's um, strange, actually. You arrive in Sweden and it's almost like arriving in the UK. Everyone speaks perfect English. Everything is... um, well, I say it's like arriving in the UK. I was going to say everything's really organised and the airport's very efficient. So, actually, it's... It's nothing like arriving in the UK. But what I mean is, I suppose, culturally, it's very, very similar. I think the Scandinavians and the, the Brits have got a lot in common, to be, uh, to be honest. Um, very, very, very similar outlook to life. Uh, very friendly, good sense of humour. And, uh, of course, everyone speaks brilliant English, which uh, makes it a massive help because my Swedish is not very good. I do not believe that uh, watching Scandinavian dramas... Um, really is a, a good introduction to Swedish. I don't speak any English, uh, sw- Swedish, but their English is almost always perfect. Sweden's had uh, been in the press a lot recently. Um, there's a uh, new government here last year, I believe, and um, an awful lot of immigration, actually. Uh, all the uh, the migrants or refugees, however you want to look at it, um, coming up from Syria and uh, from Africa. An awful lot of them in, have been heading to Sweden, Um Sweden also has a very generous welfare state. Um, obviously, that's that's just a coincidence. Obviously, a coincidence. Um, probably what they were wanting to come here for was the weather. That's what it is. The the minus seven in snow is just what they were looking for. The uh, the very generous uh, benefit system is purely coincidental. I'm absolutely sure about that. Anyway, I'm being a bit naughty. Irrespective of the rights and wrongs of um, the levels of uh, migration in from Syria and uh, Turkey in the Near East, um, what thing is for sure is, you know, wh- whether there's people being smuggled in. I know ISIS have said that they are going to send people over with um, uh, in the migrant flows. But what is definitely a danger, uh, in, in my take on this, is that these guys that are coming over from Syria and Africa... They ain't used to driving in the snow, that's for sure. It's snow out there, 
And there's all these Uber cars or whatever the equivalent is in Sweden. And they're just all over the place. It's like the Cresta run out there. They're sliding around. These guys gripping the wheels, their eyes wide open. They're just sliding about the place, smashing into everything. They, they've come over here. They've got driving licenses. And they just can't drive in the snow. They need to have some lessons or something. I mean, a lot of people are worried about people being killed because, you know, terrorists are being smuggled into Sweden and Germany through these flows. They don't have to worry about people getting killed by terrorism attack. The terror is on the roads because they just can't drive in the snow. They, they have no concept of braking distances. They wouldn't invest in uh, snow tires for these cars. So it's pandemonium out there. I mean, there must be a real blip in the road statistics. I can tell you that. Anyway, that's an aside. It doesn't really matter. So, yeah, 2016. Um, very, very exciting um, A new year. Um, what's happening this year? Well, probably immigration, the EU. They're going to be massive subjects uh, this year, aren't they? Uh, it was great to see that the celebrations in London, Edinburgh, went off without any unexpected um, interventions from uh, terrorists. So it's definitely a case of 2016 one. ISIS, nil. I'm touching wood when I say that because I don't want to tempt fate, but uh, well done to the security forces, well done to the police. All leave was cancelled in London um, because of the massive threat from terrorism. But whatever happened, they uh, they seem to keep on top of it all, which I think is incredible. If you think about the number of people in the middle of Edinburgh or the middle of London, um, you know, how can they you know, keep the, the terrorists out. It's absolutely brilliant. So well done to them. And long may that continue, is all I say. Um, the terrorists, as it's always been said, only have to get lucky once. Um, and uh, the security forces have to be lucky every single time. But uh, good on them. And good on everyone for just going out there. I mean, don't let them win. The moment you don't go out there, that's when they win. And the security forces, they're just doing absolutely brilliant. I, I, I do trust them. I know they're not perfect. I know there's problems and um, the security committee at Westminster has highlighted these problems. But they're doing a pretty good job, I would say. And uh, I applaud them for that. So what else is going on? Well, the whole issue of global warming won't go away. The um, government announced uh, over the weekend... Ten million pounds of flood defences for York, and if you've seen the newspaper over the last uh, few days, York is a for those listeners abroad is a a city in the north of England, Yorkshire, perhaps unsurprisingly. Uh, there's been enormously heavy rains up there, and uh, water levels have been high. And at this time of year, there's very little evaporation, so it's just been running into all the rivers. And um, the Environment Agency who is our equivalent of um, the Environment Protection Agency in America, they actually flooded York on purpose because one of their pumps had broken and uh, they actually flooded the place on purpose. It's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. It's rather like the um, EPA in America. I think they accidentally um, polluted an entire river and killed all the fish. They let, let some um, water from a disused mine run into a river uh, somewhere in the USA and killed all the fish. They... These guys are, I mean, they're paid an absolute fortune. They're just doing more harm than good. Anyway, Cameron, David Cameron, he said that there's going to be £10 million extra for uh, flood defences in York. Well, brilliant. But the expression, um, the word sort of stable, door, horse, bolted, um, spring to mind, I, I think. Uh, what's the point of putting defences up after the flood? I mean, it's 
ridiculous, isn't it? What are they doing? Who's in charge over here? It's uh, total nonsense, isn't it, really? Um, typical knee-jerk reaction. And, of course, all the climate change people, they've run out. They're loving this. They love a good flood. There's nothing more these guys love than a good flood. They're running out because what they want to do is tax us even more, put more controls on our lives, make us drive poxy electric cars and uh, pay way more tax um, everywhere. So they, they love it. This is just absolutely what they love is a good old flood. So they've, they've come out and uh, uh, decreed that we need even more taxation. We need to reduce carbon emissions even further and all this kind of nonsense. Absolute nonsense it is, honestly. It's such nonsense. And even Piers Corbyn, who is the brother of Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the uh, Socialist uh, Party in the UK, Piers Corbyn is a meteorologist, and he came on the BBC, and to the BBC's credit, they had him on, and he said, he just said, this is nothing to do with carbon emissions. This is to do with um, solar um, radiation and solar flares and they alter the way um, the atmosphere r- reacts if you get a, a period of high solar activity then you tend to get more energy in the atmosphere, you get more of these storms and a, a lot more heat is driven around the system. He says it's nothing to do with carbon at all um, but the whole world is latched on to carbon to the extent that we now have the Heathrow decision uh, on the extra runway at London Heathrow Airport has been delayed because um, of fears over uh, nitrogen dioxide emissions. And that's because Volkswagen obviously started cheating all their diesel emission tests. I can't go on long enough about how diesel cars are killing everybody. I will say it to I am blue in my diesel fume asphyxiated face. These things need to be banned. But because of the obsession with carbon monoxide we've been pumping out loads of nitrogen dioxide from the diesel cars and these awful particulates that are well known to cause cancer um so this has been going on and now they're having to have a massive rethink about carbon um because they realized that uh, although carbon's re- reduced nitrogen dioxide has gone up and deaths from um pollution have been rising while carbon emissions have been falling but so what may cause a slight environmental problem in maybe 50 years' time is killing tens of thousands of people in now because everyone's buying these awful diesel cars. It's a, it's, a, it's a nonsense. And in years to come, we'll look back on this period as being absolutely ridiculous, to use my favourite expression. Anyway, I, and of course, being not necessarily believing in man-made climate change or totally man-made climate change... For some reason, people then think you love pollution. I hate pollution. I'm actually all for zero-emission vehicles. I'm all for buses running on LPG. I'm all for electrifying train lines because we need to reduce pollution on a local level. But I just don't think carbon emissions globally are making a lot of difference. We need to reduce pollution. I, I am so much in favour of reducing pollution, which, of course... The CO2 global alarmists are not in favour of reducing pollution because they are pushing diesel cars which are actually killing people and causing particulars in the cities. And I do not apologise for continuing to uh, go on about that because it needs to be said again and again and again. Anyway, I will um, stop rambling soon. Uh, But I did have one thing. Just this morning before I left the house to come to Stockholm, um, the council where I live have reduced bin collections down. So what they're giving you is a huge recycling bin and a tiny normal bin. So you you can't um, 
you can't just throw away stuff like you used to. You've got to recycle everything. And maybe that's a good thing. But I just thought I started 2016 by washing my rubbish. Because obviously I go away a lot, so I don't want to leave it in the bin the whole time. So I don't want to leave sort of tubs of butter or margarine. So I spent most of the morning running the hot tap, burning gas, in order to clean my rubbish, wash out milk bottles, clean butter containers. And I just thought, oh, this is just life in 2016, washing your rubbish and then going out into your diesel car and uh, emitting nitrogen dioxide and particulates and killing everyone. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, I'm going to give you a break. I think Hugh and Fraser are going to put together a, um, a blab uh, with some of their commercial sponsors uh, tomorrow. So if I don't talk to you before then, I'll hope that they'll attach this uh, podcast onto the blab. And in the meantime, keep downloading, keep subscribing, keep telling everyone about it. And if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, or anything that you disagree with that we're saying, do contact us on hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. And that's... Uh, that we just love to get your emails and get feedback on that. Anyway, have a fantastic time, and uh, I will speak to you again soon. Thank you. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. <laughs> this show is brought to you by edinburghdusters.com and ideasgoinglive.com. Hey, this is yours truly, Black Caesar Rex of the Sea Pirate Network. And when I'm not out here listening to Hadrick and Ramsey, we're broadcasting out on the Sea Pirate Network, www.iko.haaf. We're looking forward to having the Hadrick and Ramsey podcast up on the channel on our network soon. Black Seas Rex, I'm out. It's a Sutherland again. Uh, last time I spoke to you, uh, I was in Stockholm, Sweden, in Scandinavia. That was on Monday, January the 4th. It's now Tuesday, January the 5th in the morning, and I have ended up in Phuket in Thailand. Got here about six hours ago. Um, it's 30 degrees Celsius compared to minus 11 degrees Celsius in Sweden. So uh, 41 degrees warmer here than it was over there. And uh, more mosquitoes here, though. Definitely more mosquitoes, but a lot less snow. I don't think I've talked to you about Thailand yet. The first time I've been here while I've been recording for Hattrick and Ramsey, Scotland's home of free speech. Um, but Thailand is a, a lovely place, a great country. One of the few places in the world where it's still cheap to go out. Um, people are very, very friendly. There's probably a little bit of extremism and certainly were some terrorist problems up in Bangkok earlier in the year, but it seems safe down here. People seem happy. The businesses are doing well and uh, simply lovely climates and uh, a beautiful place to come and stay. A uh, long way though, about 12 hours from uh, London by air. However, you may have to pay a bit extra for that flight and it takes a while, but uh, I went out a little bit earlier on today for a meal with uh, about nine pounds in my pocket. And uh, I had two drinks. I had a delicious Tom Yam soup starter followed by a green curry, rice 
and a rather dodgy dish called Morning Glory, which isn't dodgy at all, really. It's just beans and spinach uh, in a sort of garlic sauce. Absolutely delicious. Uh, an absolute slap-up meal. And from my £9, I came home with £4. So £5 for the uh, best Thai meal you'll ever have and uh, plenty of drinks to, to go with it. So uh, absolutely, absolutely great place from that point of view. Um, yes, so what was I talking about? I was talking about yesterday, um, I was in Sweden, I was talking about the, uh, <laughs> that's right, the the refugees that were, were coming into the country, because I'd spoken to a couple of people about it, and uh, they'd said that uh, it was definitely having an effect in Stockholm as, uh, uh, on housing and on schools and uh, the changing cultures in Sweden. So I did a little bit of research, and uh turns out that per capita, Sweden takes more refugees than Anywhere else in Europe, they took 163,000 refugees last year. And bearing in mind its uh, population is only really a few million, that is a massive um, percentage of their population that they're having to absorb every year. And uh, so much so that I downloaded the newspaper when I got to Thailand to read that uh, overnight the Swedes have closed their border with Denmark in what's been described as a massive blow to the Schengen Agreement. I guess they had to, because uh, the refugees were coming up through Germany into Denmark and then just flooding across to Sweden to take advantage of its uh, benefit system. So the the gates have gone up at the airport in Copenhagen. The trains that run across the Orosund Bridge between Copenhagen and Malmo in Sweden, um, the trains are stopping now and border checks are being carried out. Uh, it's 20,000 commuters a day use that route, and it's adding... Um, hours to their journey as they cross that bridge, a bridge I crossed many times actually uh, when I've been um, staying in Copenhagen and it, the rail companies say it's costing £100,000 a day because the EU cannot control its borders. This is the trouble, people are just coming in through Greece and free reign to head up to the richer countries in the north and uh, this is what's happening. Because the EU simply won't deal with anything, they won't talk about it then this is what's happening. All their agreements are being thrown out the window. I think Schengen's dead. I really do. I think it's over. Um, which is a shame because um, actually in Scandinavia they've had freedom of movement for even longer than Schengen. Apparently it's 50 years since there's been a border check um, between um, Denmark and Sweden. 50 years. And uh, due to the EU's complete mismanagement of immigration, now the border controls are back up. So we haven't just gone back to... 2000. We've gone back to the 1960s here. It's really bad news indeed. And what are Brussels doing about it? Well, absolutely nothing. They won't talk about it. All they're interested in is their their, their bonuses. Uh, they've all been away for uh, Christmas, probably over to the Barbados, uh, like the useless head of the Environment Agency who decided during the biggest floods in the UK for goodness knows how long to go to Barbados. Probably the EU were over there. Uh, sunning their backsides while Rome burns, almost literally. But, um, yeah, they wouldn't talk about uh, immigration. They want to know. They're too politically correct to even discuss it. Um, and I was looking through some of my notes for podcasts, and I wrote down a lovely quote called, If it's mentionable, it's manageable. And I, I love that. It's very succinct. It just means if we can talk about it and we can have the debate, then we can manage it. But as soon as you shut down free speech and you shut down debate, then that's when the problems really start. And when it comes to immigration, the influx of um, refugees heading into Northern Europe to take advantage of the benefits, you just can't say that, can you? You can't say it on the BBC, you can't say it in the EU, 
and I'm guessing you can't say it in other places in Europe as well. So what have we got? We've now got 20,000 commuters a day having to pay £100,000 a day between them extra to pay for these checks on the Orison Bridge between Malmo and Copenhagen because of the complete breakdown within Europe of uh, any kind of controls on migration. So, yeah, so that was interesting. That was a, a bit of a turn of events uh, when I arrived in um, Thailand. I didn't expect that story to break overnight. Um, yeah, what else? I'm just going to have a little cup of soothing green tea just to calm me down a bit. Ah, that's better. Had a bit of a dry mouth there for a moment. Well, another story that's gone overnight is that Cameron has finally allowed its, his ministers to campaign to leave the EU. He was forced into that, really, because uh, so many of the uh, uh, people in the cabinet really are sceptics for the EU. Uh, Theresa May is, and the big rumour is Boris Johnson will be back in the cabinet when he finishes as mayor of London. He's very uh, sceptical about the EU. So you really do need to allow them to campaign to leave, otherwise you're going to have massive problems. Um, not quite Corbyn-esque problems, but uh, massive problems all the same. Corbyn's in a right old mess, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't with uh, his cabinet reshuffle that's going on at the moment. That story's probably just breaking as I'm recording this, but uh, I think the rumour is that Hilary Benn, who spoke up against uh, Jeremy Corbyn's stance in on Syria, I think he's going to stay. I think there's been a... a uh, a movement within the Labour Party to say, if you try and get rid of Hillary Benn, then you're going to cause a massive uprising within the party ranks. So I think he's safe. Tories, though, there's a new MP called Anne-Marie Trevelyan, who is actually the MP for Berwick-upon-Tweed, right on the Scottish border there. Uh, funny enough, she's the MP for the school that the hat-trick the Ramsey and I all went to. So it's a, an area close to all our hearts. Well, she's quite a bolshy lady, really. I have um, met her once. She's great, great fun. Very... Um, very confident lady. You know, she's not a career politician at all. She's in it for the right reasons, really, because she actually believes in something which makes a change. And she's um, headed up a group of six uh, Conservative MPs, and I'm sure that number will grow, who've said, we're voting to leave whatever. We're not even going to listen to the debate. We think the EU is beyond reform. We're going we're to leave. So she's uh, certainly... <laughs> she's not going to be getting any cabinet posts anytime soon, and she's a bit of a thorn in uh, David Cameron's side, isn't she? Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's quite an interesting development. So the 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 um, the stage is being set, isn't it, for the EU uh, vote leave and uh, remain debate? And I just don't know which way it's going to go. The establishment presumably want to remain, so I'd imagine that's what's going to happen, despite the fact that uh, most people want to leave. The establishment they normally have a way of just making things happen, don't they? Um, they'll use Project Fear or they'll use whatever tactics it takes to make sure that we, we all stay in, that we'll lose our jobs, that we'll lose our pensions. Um, we've seen that tactic used many times before. They used it in the Scottish referendum, didn't they, um, as, as well? Not that I thought that we should... Um, Scotland should vote to leave the UK. I didn't, but uh, some of the tactics they used were were pretty pretty stupid, really, and uh, left a pretty bad taste in the mouths of many people in Scotland who were sort of on the fence, shall we say, and probably push them into voting yes in the end, actually. So what else has been happening? Well, just on the subject of uh, Scotland, there's a big story in the Times today that there's the uh, cyber gnats have been added again. Apparently the uh, Tunnock's Tea Cakes, the uh, Tunnock's, the company that makes tea cakes, uh, have been doing a lot of advertising in uh, in London, actually, and on part of that advertising, they didn't show the lion rampant, the 
Scottish symbol and uh, that had been on every Tunnock's tea cake that had been made for uh, for years and years and years. And, well, what a joke. The, the Cybernats have just gone crazy. They've just said, how dare they um, take the lion rampant off the, off the tea cake? Um, and it, it, it's bongers. There's a, a chap on Twitter from the S&P has uh, written, let's look at it, it says, rebranding is one thing. What Tunnock's did was brazen rejection of Scotland. How ridiculous. A brazen rejection of Scotland just because they changed their advertising logo south of the border. It's absolutely ridiculous. It just shows how some people are so narrow-minded that unless it's, you know, anything which goes against Scotland, how fragile are these guys' egos that they, if someone takes the lion rampart off a Tunnock's tea cake, then... Um, they take to Twitter to berate the company and say that they're no friend of Scotland. Uh, the boss of uh, Tunnock's, a uh, guy called Boy Tunnock, was rather bemused by things, 82-year-old director of the company. So he's, he came out and he said that the campaign was focused on selling more products down south. He said there are 5 million people in Scotland and over 50 million people in England. It was a simple business decision. And... Um, he added, it's just a fun take off the British Bake Off. The Lion Rampart wasn't part of the advert. We don't put it on every advert. And he pointed out that of the 540,000 six-packs of tea cakes, the Lion was on every single one of them. So they're not against Scotland. Of course they're not. Of course they're not against Scotland. It's absolutely nonsense. Um, at least one SMP guy, a guy called Alastair Stephen, he stressed that um, it's uh, rebranding its products to do better business support actually makes sense. So it proves actually in the SNP there are some quite sensible people in there, uh, in, indeed, some very business-minded people, in fact. But uh, the Cybernats that take to Twitter certainly aren't among their number. And the uh, Blair McDougall from uh, the Better Together campaign, he said uh, to support Tunnex, and he wrote, if a tea cake, a tea cake results in such an outpouring of hatred from you, it's maybe time to reevaluate your life and your politics, and hear, hear to that. If that's uh, as desperate it's become, then uh, I'm definitely with Blair McDougall on that one. Anyway, that's a little bit of a lighter note, I suppose, to end it on. Uh, a tea cake, a storm in a tea cake, you might say. Um, I'm going to sign off for now from Phuket in Thailand, but uh, from the home of Scotland's, Scotland's home of free speech, I'll say goodbye.
Well, this is the third podcast I've done in 2016. I think Fraser's going to knit them all together into a um, one download for you all to listen to. I'm back in the UK now. Um, having been reporting on behalf of Scotland's home of free speech, I've been in Sweden, uh, over to Thailand, and now back in uh, the UK. Uh, Looking at the migrant situation in Sweden, asking some people over there, I've been all over the world really uh, on behalf of the podcast to get to talk to people in these countries and try and get some truth because boy does the mainstream media twist everything. Boy does it twist everything. What we're hearing about the events in Cologne on New Year's Eve is just coming out a week later. For goodness sake. I mean, this is 2016. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got social media. Yet it takes a week for the truth to come out about what happened in Cologne. Boy, it makes me cross. In fact, I'm in a bit of a mood today, so I apologise. This podcast isn't really for you. It's actually for me. It's cathartic, because I am in a bit of a mood. Maybe I shouldn't record it in such a mood. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's the weather. 
the constant, constant rain. It's just been raining. I haven't seen the sun for ages at all. Maybe it's jet lag. I don't know what it is. The floods, they blame the floods. They're blaming it on climate change, aren't they? Oh, climate change. You've got to tax you a bit more. You've got to tax you a bit more because of climate change. For goodness sake, it's down to solar activity. It's nothing to do with CO2 emissions. In fact, the politicians have caused this, along with the mainstream media. They've caused it because they've given the wrong idea out to everyone about what causes this stuff. It's nothing to do with carbon dioxide emissions. Nothing to do with that. So it was solar activity and the fact that they haven't dredged the rivers, the fact that they built on all the floodplains, the fact that they haven't kept the pumps properly maintained in York and in Lancaster because they're too busy spending the money on goodness knows what vanity project on foreign aid. Foreign aid, £13.7 billion on foreign aid in the year that people are losing their houses in Carlisle, in Hexham, in Yorkshire, in Lancashire, in Scotland up in Aberdeen, all over the place, in the borders, Dumfries, underwater, yet we're sending £13.7 billion of aid for flood defence schemes in India? Give me a break. Self-destruct sequence activated. Absolutely give me a break. I can't, it just drives me absolutely nuts. And boy, I'm in a mood. Boy, I am in a mood. And what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and tax us. They're going to say, oh, isn't it awful? This is climate change, so you better pay more for your energy. You better pay more for your fuel. You better pay more for your bus fares, for your rail fares, for your air fares, for everything else. Give me a break. And this foreign aid, 13.7 billion, why do they want to keep it? Why? No one wants it. I tell you why. Because you know what? As soon as you write a cheque over to somewhere in Africa or somewhere in, I don't know, India, you know what, that cheque? Who knows where it goes? So all these government ministers, all the quangos, all the advisors there are up to their noses, up to their snouts in corruption. You, you, I can't prove it, but you just know that's what's happening. If a few million, tens of million goes disappears from this foreign aid budget, who knows? But these people set up companies. I mean, the work private I did exposing some of the quangos that distribute this foreign aid and the perks that they have, the first-class airfares, the Mercedes-Benzes, the business jets, that's why they want it, because it's a way of siphoning money from you and me into their fat pockets. That's what it is. Absolutely appalling. And yet they tax us more. And that's another thing about January. Not only is it raining, not only is it never get light, but I get my tax bill. That's right. I have to pay more tax in January. Not just from my normal job where I have to pay every single month thousands of pounds in tax. In January they say, oh, you haven't paid enough tax. You just haven't contributed enough. So at the end of the month, I've got to pay a whole load more tax. So I go and earn the money. I get tired. I get jet lagged. I get cranky. I don't get enough green tea to keep me calm. I haven't had green tea today. That's maybe why I'm so freaking angry. Then I have to pay this tax bill. And then what happens with the tiny little bit of money that I get left that I don't pay to the government? What do I do? Every time I fill the car up, I pay fuel duty. I pay VAT on the fuel duty. I insure the car. I pay insurance tax on the car. I pay road tax on the car. And all the servicing, I pay VAT on the car. And then when I get stressed out and I want a glass of Sauvignon Blanc, I have to pay duty on the wine. I pay tax on that. I pay my income tax. It's 
spend money on rail fares, most of which is tax because the companies have to pay all the money back to the government, as I said in the podcast before. I pay my mobile phone bill, most of which goes back to the government for the companies have the right to use the airways. I have to pay the corrupt energy companies who work as a cartel. Don't tell me they don't work as a cartel. Have you seen your energy prices dropping by 50% like the price of oil has come down? No, they've just stayed the same, haven't they? Where's that profit going? to the fat cat bosses and the shareholders. And yet, Amber Rudd, the useless energy secretary, has now said we're going to have to pay an extra £15 a year per family in diesel duty because their frickin' wind turbines aren't spinning and they shut all the coal power stations. So now we've got to pay £15 for diesel duty to run diesel generators for when it's not windy. Give me a break. These people should be out on the streets. How dare they tell me that? And then we've got the nitrogen oxide particulates from these diesels. So we're chugging away the least efficient, most expensive form of energy production because they close the coal-powered power stations, putting people out of work in Yorkshire, putting people out of work in Oxfordshire, putting people out of work in the last remaining pits in Scotland, the last remaining pits in the north of England. Who are these people? They disgust me. Absolutely disgust me. Completely incompetent. Boy, I need to take a break. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But just at the minute, I am in a mood. Boy. These politicians, you know, they just work with the media. You know, they, they, they push their, their view of the world. You know, and if you dissent from that view of the world where we must pay more tax, we must be monitored by the state... And they use the media to put out stories about Islamists. They put out scare stories about climate change. They're now saying, oh, the house price is maybe on the edge. You better work more, pay more. Well, I'm fed up. You know what? Because as an ordinary person in this country, I get less and less and less. And the shareholders and the fat cat bosses get more and more and more. Did you know that the 6th of January... The 6th of January was the day that the average CEO of a UK company earned the same amount of money as the rest of their workforce on average earns in a year. The 6th of January. That means that by the 6th of January that they had on average earned £26,000 for six days work. Now, you know what? I I am not what you'd call a left-wing minded person, but that is freaking disgusting. That absolutely disgusts me. And they won't take the money in cash. They'll take it in pensions. They've probably got offshore bank accounts. They'll take share options. So they won't be paying the level of tax that I do. I found out late last year that I pay more tax in the UK than Starbucks. That's right, Starbucks. A nationwide, worldwide, one of the biggest coffee chains in the world. And me, a podcaster on the home of free speech in Scotland, pays more tax than Starbucks. And if you're not telling me that this system isn't broken and needs to change pretty damn quickly, then honestly, I, I don't even know what to say. It's, um, it disgusts me. I've never, ever been in favour of limiting what people get paid. But these bosses, they're psychopaths. They're corrupt and they need, their excesses need to be reined in. Or we're going to have a big big problem. But hey, keep everyone scared. Tell them about Muslims. Tell them about climate change. Tell them about their house prices are about to fall off a cliff. 
keep them all scared, keep them paying tax, monitor their emails. What is happening? Come on, everyone, wake up and smell the coffee. It's pretty scary what's happening out there. Boy, I need to have some green tea. I think that's what I need. What else has been happening? Well, there's been a big story about should transsexuals be allowed to go in beauty contests? Should they be allowed to take part in beauty pageants, which have traditionally been for women? Well, I mean, firstly, who cares, to be honest? Who gives a flying cheese about that, to be honest? I don't really care. And more to the point, if a transsexual wins a beauty pageant, then this ain't much of a beauty pageant. (laughs) If the people in the beauty pageant are going to lose to a transsexual, oh my goodness, and they'll probably get sued, won't they, by somebody for being, um, yeah, that's right, lookist or something. Just because the guy's got an Adam's apple and hands the size of whales means he loses the beauty contest. Oh, well, I only lost it because I wasn't attractive. That's the frickin' point. Oh, for goodness sake. Gosh, ten minutes has gone by and I've been quite angry. I need to calm down. I really, really need to calm down. It's just been one of those days. I don't know what's got to me today. I think it's January the 8th. Is that what it is, January the 8th today? Something like that. Maybe I've just finally lost it. Christmas is finished. New Year's celebrations are over. And now it's just another year of being taxed. Being taxed, being regulated, getting a complete diet of nonsense from the BBC and Sky News every single day of my life. Radio 5 dead. 5 dead. Honestly, that's appalling, that station. I haven't even listened to it this year to me. It's all rubbish. I don't know. 2016, when I worked my butt off for a whole 12 months in order to pay tax, make fat cats rich and pay all my taxes to keep a load of scroungers on benefits. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Can't wait. Bring it on. You know, they have something called Tax Freedom Day. Tax Freedom Day, they call it. That's the day of the year where you stop working for the government to pay all their illegal taxes and start earning money for yourself. And it's normally around about June, although because I get taxed quite a lot, my tax freedom day is probably August, which means I've got to work for the government until June, July, August before I get to keep any of the money for myself. Isn't that depressing? But at least tax freedom day actually comes in this year. Within a few years' time, tax freedom day for 2016 will actually be in 2017, which means that I've got to have to work over a year to pay the government. And actually, by the end of it, I'll just owe the government more and more money. And the greedy banks, the greedy energy companies, the greedy mobile phone companies, the greedy railway companies, all the greedy CEOs who warp my mind with their evil advertising campaigns to spend money on stuff I don't want, I don't need. But if I don't have it, I'm not part of their little cosy society that they want me to be part of absolutely disgusts me. Well, you know what? I think I need some green tea, so I'm going to sign off for now. I'm going to sign off. I promise you I'll come back in a slightly better mood next time because, boy, I'm cross. Boy, I am cross. Hopefully Fraser will put something out uh, after this one to calm you all down again, but uh, sometimes, you know, you just need to get angry. Occasionally, it does you good. It does you good to get angry. 
because it gives him a little bit of passion to fight back, fight for what you believe in. Boy, we've got a struggle there with free speech. Boy, have we got a struggle. You've got the entire BBC, Sky News, just about every freaking newspaper fighting against us here. But they are taxing us. They are controlling us. They're going to try and get us to stay in the horrendous EU where they've got their snouts in the trough, their Brussels snouts in the trough over there in Europe. If you look at the lists of people, lists, I mean, it's like reams, pages and pages of people in Europe, all employed to do goodness knows what, paid up to 200,000 euros a year. There's literally thousands of these people. And they're just taking money off us, left, right and centre, a totally unaccountable bureaucracy with no interest in democracy whatsoever. Yet we've got the BBC, the government, the mainstream media, the corporations. The EU is all about corporations, of course. All they're interested in is protecting corporate bosses, corporate greed. That's what they're interested in. Look at the working regulations that they want for people. Look at the, the fact that they let corporations now sue governments if the governments don't do what the corporations ask. Who voted for a corporation? Who votes for its CEO of a corporation? We vote for governments. I mean, goodness knows they're bad enough, but they ain't as bad as the psychopaths that run most of our companies because they are twisted individuals. My goodness. So we're going to be told to stay in the EU. If, if you do not vote to leave the EU, then you're, you, you seriously, you need to take a good look at yourself. Why would you want to be in it? Why? Why would you want to be in that organisation? They regulate you. They're totally unaccountable. They're not interested in democracy. Even, and when they've got to sort a problem out, like the migrant problem, they do absolutely nothing. Absolutely. So why would we pay them 40, 50, 60 million pounds a day? Why would you, why, if you want to stay in that organisation, what's the matter with you? What is the matter with you? Just give me one reason why we should stay in the EU. Please, just one reason why we should stay. Because I can't think of one. I really can't. Then people say, oh, well, why does the EU actually affect your life? How does it, well, I don't know, because half the time they don't tell me, because it's all behind the scenes. The corporations working cahoots to keep prices up. The fact that we don't have proper free trade with the rest of the world, with the Far East, with Africa, with South America. The fact that we don't have this free trade. So we don't know what we don't know. It's an unknown unknown, as uh, Donald Rumsfeld would say, because they won't tell us. But you can be sure as night follows day that they're working for themselves, they're working for the corporates, they're working for the advertising agencies and they're working to keep themselves rich and to keep you, me, your friends, your family, the people around you, the ordinary people in the street, poor. They want you to work. They want you to be mortgaged up to your eyeballs. They want high house prices. They want high energy bills because it means you are in debt. And as long as you're in debt, then you are working to service that debt and you have to work to service that debt or your house will be taken away. So you are a slave, a slave to the system, a slave to the capitalist system, a slave to the corporate scumbags that rule this world. Gee, I really need some green tea. <laughs> I really need some green tea big style. I believe we've got sponsors coming in soon to this podcast. 
So I hope I haven't scared them off. <laughs> We're not going to get many corporates coming in after that. That's for sure. But we don't want you. We don't want corporates. We want small companies that actually care about the people that they employ. Small companies that are trying to fight the corporates. Small companies that have to pay tax where Starbucks, Amazon don't. How's that a level playing field? And that's what the EU does to you. That's what it does to you. Anyway, I really will go now. I was going to go after 13 minutes, but uh, my throat's getting dry from shouting. I do happen to know that there is a nice green tea bag downstairs, and I'm going to put the kettle on. I really am going to do this too. I'm going to have a cup of green tea and calm the freak down, because, boy, I'm cross. But I feel better now, so thanks for listening. It helped me. It might not have helped you, but it helped me because I was genuinely cross this morning when I heard all these stories come in. The rain, the tax, a bit of jet lag, and then the mainstream media working with the corporations to keep me poor, keep me working to pay my debts until the day I drop dead. Death and taxes. It's no coincidence that that's what always gets you. As soon as you stop working, as soon as you stop paying tax, the government pretty much want you dead. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit strong, but it seems that way sometimes. They don't care about you. They just want you to pay tax. The corporates certainly don't. They want you to pay tax, work for them, and then if you can drop dead the moment that you start working for them, they're quite happy with that. <laughs> oh, well. Have a lovely day, and uh, I'm going to get a cup of green tea. Take care. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. Yes, it's a Sutherland again, your Scotland's home of free speeches, roving reporter, travelling the world, finding the stories to report back to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. So where am I at the moment? I hear you all asking. Well, I've come to Helsinki in Finland to do a little bit of research. I'm on a literally a no-expense-spent trip to Helsinki, um, the capital of Finland, obviously, as I uh, said. Finland, a country of 5.5 million people, the most sparsely populated country in the European Union, and it is currently minus 6 degrees Celsius, which is totally tropical, because last week I am reliably informed it was minus 35 degrees Celsius, so I should be extremely pleased about that. So I've come to Finland, as um, I said, uh, it's 8th of January today, the uh, the day we lost David Bowie. What a shame that was. The thin white duke is no longer with us. The world has become just a little bit more boring but last week, I was uh, over in Sweden reporting for uh, Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed because of the uh, problems with the closure of the Orosund Bridge, um, the collapse of Schengen, basically, with the EU. And I was up in Stockholm and I was talking to some local people up there about the uh, problems with immigration up there and the fact that Sweden has become the rape capital of the world. Certainly not a accolade it would want, that's for sure. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought I might just have a little bit of a chat about... Um, King John Bomb. That's right. We want to say from Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed a very happy birthday to Kim Jong Bomb of North Korea. Uh, he was born on the 8th of January, so uh, that is uh, it's his birthday. 
1983, so it's his 33rd birthday. And what did he want for his birthday? What would you get a little fat dictator for his birthday? Well, what does he want? Does he want an iPad? No, no, he's got an iPad. Perhaps a, a, a new car, maybe a, a Dacia Sandero, something like that. No, he doesn't want that. Does he want a, uh, a little scooter, a motorbike? No, he didn't want that. How about the new book by Bill Bryson? How about that book? No, 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 he didn't want that. What he wanted was a hydrogen bomb. That's right, King John Bomb. Quite hard to say. The uh, leader of the Workers' Party of North Korea. Um, yep, very strange man indeed. Who's educated in Switzerland. Well, that says it all, doesn't it, really? Swiss, what more do you need to know? Apparently, when he was at school in Switzerland, he developed a great love of cheese. And he ate so much cheese that he became enormously fat and his knees wore out. So, uh, yeah, that's why it got him a bit angry, I think. That's probably why he wanted a hydrogen bomb for his birthday, I reckon. So he went to school in Switzerland. Then he came back to North Korea for an education. North Korea, renowned around the world. I think there's Harvard, Yale, Oxford, Cambridge, the Sorbonne. And I think then there's Pyongyang, King Jong University, where he got a first-class degree, funnily enough. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought he'd get a... A first-class degree, yeah, that's right, because if he didn't get a first-class degree, I think you'd find the lecturer would get first-class degree burns and thrown in a pit somewhere, that's probably why. He then moved on to King Il-sum University for his master's degree. Uh, well, funnily enough, he also got a first-class degree. Again, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? But his education didn't stop there. He uh, then went on to get a PhD from the University of East Anglia in climate studies, um, you sure that's right? Oh, no, 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 that's on Wrongopedia. I've been on Wrongopedia again, that's not correct. He, he didn't get a climate change degree from the University of East Anglia. That, we can now confirm that. We can now confirm that. But yeah, so for his birthday, he got a hydrogen bomb, which is, well, I quite like a hydrogen bomb, actually, but the trouble is that they're actually a little dangerous. That's, that's, that's the thing about them. And I don't think this guy's stable. He's, he's had too much cheese... And I think he lives in a world of his own. It's just, he's lived in Switzerland all his life, you know, what, uh, until he moved to North Korea, what can you expect, really? Because hydrogen bombs, they've got a bit of a sting, to be honest. They do have a bit of a sting. You know, a hydrogen bomb, um, yes, it's, uh, even the smallest ones, they've got as much power as 10 million tonnes of TNT. Now, 10 million tonnes of TNT is a lot of TNT. If you imagine what they used to... Uh, blast a quarry or something when they're breaking up stone they maybe use um, a couple of kilos and it quite happily pulls a rock to bits so 10 million tons of the stuff well it definitely has an aftertaste that's for sure anyway so that's what he got for for christmas but the, the big debate is of course how far what can he do with this weapon i mean the chances are that he might just drop it when he's wandering around the house and just blow himself to bits which probably wouldn't be a complete disaster to be honest but the problem is, can he fire it anywhere? Or are his missiles no use? Because he keeps firing his missiles off and they just keep plonking in the sea. So, yeah, they're not getting on terribly well at all there, really. But yes, King John bomb, he's got his bomb. It's a bit of a worry. Anyway, that's just a very quick update from Helsinki. I'm going to be travelling to Thailand tomorrow, to Krabi, um, on behalf of Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, Scotland's home of free speech. So when I'm in uh, Krabi in Thailand, I will make another podcast, let you know uh, what's happening over there, the very latest news and current affairs. I like to actually go to the places and uh, report back. Anyway, have a fantastic day 
and we look forward to seeing you again soon at Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. Thank you.